You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York blue. Scott! What? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty, how are you? Ryan, Brian, I got myself an afternoon cup of coffee. It's a rare occurrence for me. Rare occurrence. But I need to stay up late tonight. Well, oh, that's right. I didn't even think of that. You're right. We got to be the uh, we got the late shift tonight. I, like, uh, I, hospital workers or something. <laughs> hospital <laughs> workers. Graveyard shift. Just not at all heroic in any shape, <laughs> shape or form. You know, it's occurring to me how I always start the show with a Scott. That if we had done this show, I, I don't know how many years ago, but there's a time when I would have had to have started the show with like a ishi or something. Yeah. <laughs> I know it is funny. When did I trans? When did I officially transform into Scott for you? I don't know. That's a good question. I'll have to talk with my therapist about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good that you could relay that information to me, and I could talk to my therapist. I was going to say, or maybe it's for you to discuss with your therapist. I don't know. One or the other. (laughs) Either way, it has happened, and here we are. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny because. That is the appreciation of the name Ishii and the desire to yell it at me is uh, something that I have found to be universal across cultures. As if you're all you have to be is in high school. If you're in high school, you love to do that. Right. It's, it's irresistible. Right. It doesn't matter because it could be a, all white kids in Darien, Connecticut, or it could be a very multi ethnic school in Sunset Park, Brooklyn. People. Right. It, kids in high school love to yell my last name at me. Right. I couldn't explain what it is, too. It's like, is he, like, trying to describe what it is I like about boobs? You know? I don't know. I just... <laughs> I love them. Right. And that's, like, your last name. It's just something about it. It's it's so tantalizing. I do chuckle often, like... Because I, I think about what, what it would be like to either record it or to have, like, just you guys, like, our high school crew like along with me as I walk the halls of the school that I currently work in, because it's, it's just like, I'm walking through the hallway and it's Ishii! Ishii! <laughs> like just all these different people just yelling my name at me from all over the place. And I'm a teacher. I'm not even a student there anymore. I just can't resist. Right? You know, I, my last name is always like, like angry football coaches have always had a fondness for it. You know, it's like, Demetta! <laughs> Demetta! <laughs> mean teachers but you know i don't know it doesn't yet, have that same impact with 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 adolescents well and and oddly though i myself have been a mean football coach in my life and i don't know that i've ever referred to you by your last name yeah I, you know i've given it and i've like in college i was solidly demena with the people there yeah and in fact it would have been weird to be referred to as brian yet growing up i was mostly brian not demena so I go in and out. Yeah, yeah. It's just weird. I I've never called you by your last name. Never referred right. to you by your last name at all. Who knows what governs what governs these things? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is. I don't know. Very weird. Uh, so I got my coffee because we're pulling the late late shift tonight. Breaking news just prior to recording: LeBron James is out this evening. I saw that. Yes. Unbelievable. Surprise, surprise. But I think it's the right decision for him. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I really, 
I think he should rest. He's got a, you know, we want him all. All I think, as an NBA fan, yes, I want him at a hundred percent for the play-in and the playoffs. You know, I think he's making the right decision. I agree. I totally agree with you. I think you know, look, there's going to be people out there that are going to criticize the decision. They're going to call LeBron soft. I think that's uncalled for. Right. <laughs> all right. I think that LeBron knows his body better than anybody else. Better than anyone. He knows what he needs, and he needs some rest tonight, and that's fine. This is not the right game for him to rush back, risk injury. No, take your time, LeBron. Yeah. You do what you need to do. High ankle sprains are no joke. They're not. They're no. very serious. Yeah. All right. <laughs> also, meanwhile, we still have to deal with Anthony Davis tonight. So, like, LeBron is out, but we still have, like, a top five player in the league that we have to contend with. Yeah. You know, it's not an easy game by any stretch, but it does make it a huge difference. Oh, um, my God. Go from, I think, now we probably maybe – would we be favored to win? Maybe not still because it's on the road, but 50-50. Yeah. Although I really do like that, uh, you know, just having played the Clippers a couple of days ago. I, d- I mean, what do you think? Do you think that too much is made of the home road thing or that's like a real thing? Well, I, I mean, I think it's a, it's obvious. It's, of course, a very real thing. It's definitely different this year with, like, no fans. So I don't know. Um, I, I haven't looked this year, like, what the impact has been. Like, I mean, historically, right? Like, Yeah, of course. Team, it's a lot more games. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think statistically it, like, bears out that West Coast trips are harder. Like, yeah. Which is so funny because it's just amazing the way human beings are. Like you wouldn't. It's like in today's today's age. Like you're flying on a nice plane. You're getting there with plenty of time. You're staying in a nice room, but it's still just not your home. And then there's fans that are wording against you, and like it's just amazing. Right, right. It is true. I feel like I would be one of those players that would thrive on the road because I think I thrive on the road. <laughs> you like the road. You like to get out of your house. I well, yeah. I just like. You know, like, again, Scott or Ishii, who lives here in New York, is the same person I've been my whole life, which is uh, an insecure person just rattled with anxiety, you know. But as you know, when I go on the road, I get to be Scott Stone. Right. Just a much cooler version of myself. I'm way more comfortable on the road than I am at home. Okay, so West Coast trip, that's when you the triple-doubles would start. <laughs> yes, right, yeah. You'd be like, you know, if I was on the Knicks, you'd sort of be like, Randall might be off with, like, the time change or whatever, but at least Ishii, we'd know he's going to drop. Like, you can rely yeah, on him for place. 24 no, no matter what. Like, it's on the road. Yeah, well, so anyway, I mean, I think this. I think it's going to be a tough game, a road game. Coming off what's arguably the biggest what win in eight years, probably. Easily. Um, just a thrilling Sunday victory over the Los Angeles Clippers salvaged a little bit this West Coast swing, which got off to a slow start. It got smoked by the Nuggets, then smoked again by Phoenix, though we played better against Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I didn't think that was like a bad game as much as it just kind of got away from us at the end. But like, you know, I think if we'd gone out there lost handily again to another really good team, like, you know, I think rightfully people would have started to be like, okay. You know, the Knicks had this fun uh, run. If you really look at, like, our 12-1 and stretch there, like, there's a lot of there's a lot of soft teams in there, a lot of home games in there. 
Um, you know, I think going over four on this West Coast trip would have would have started to get people itchy. I mean, I think people were getting itchy after the zero and two after starting the trip out. Uh, well, we didn't start the trip zero and two, right? Because we beat Memphis, we beat Houston, but those two straight losses rattled folks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we got handled by two good teams. Yeah. So you're. It's just like, a, was it? A, you were like worried. Is this a reality check we're getting here? Like, is this whole trip gonna be just like putting us in our place a little bit? Um, well, what I was getting at too with the with the like, I guess home field home court advantage or whatever or being on the road like I do think it's a real thing first of all I remember at the beginning of the NFL season Warren Sharp talking about how uh he was gonna sort of take into account road games a little bit more because it's just generally more difficult to travel in COVID times and that's a bigger frustration and I do think that going to Denver is a real thing on pro athletes where there's yeah. like the altitude and you know whatever and so we go to Memphis then to Houston, then to Denver. So now we've been on the road a while, and now we're in like a atmospherically difficult place to be. So then we look like garbage. Then we play like either the best or the second best team in the league, and we played better, and we got beat. I just my point is is that I'm not typically one to look for alternate reasons for why we might lo- have lost or not play well. Like I think you pretty much get what you see, but I don't. Th- I I mean I don't know. I don't think it was a total coincidence that our biggest, the biggest egg that we laid this year was in Denver. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, I think it is tough. And it's like going up in class, trip out west. I think the altitude, I, I buy all that. That's real. I guess it's like, you know, with the Clippers too, is like we got down 10 nothing again. You just this, this thing of every game, they jumped on us, you know? Yeah. And you were just starting to be like, oh boy. <laughs> and I guess we can get into it now, right? Like the thing that people started to scratch and get a little feel uncomfortable about was our friend that we've been chatting about all season long. <laughs> number six in your playbooks, number one in your hearts. <laughs> Alfred, Alfred, I don't know how to say it. Peyton. The elf. The elf. Elfster. Elf. <laughs> caused much consternation. Among Nick's Twitterati, I guess you could say. Yes, as he has all year. Right, as he has all year. Yeah, people are just in knots over. So <laughs> what direction do you want to take this in? Because we kind of already had this conversation, but we've also been having it for like five, six months or whatever. How do you want to approach this? Because you know I am definitely about as pro-elf as anyone who has watched as much Knicks as we've watched this year could be. Would you say that I might be one of the most pro-elf people in all of Knicks fandom? <laughs> Probably. I don't feel like you're a pro-elf, though, as much as you're like... It's like... Elf is just... There's no solution. Like, Correct. So it's like... It's not like he's good. It's just what what's the problem like there's nothing there's no way around it and if there was a solution we would be using it and i i think like where you are i totally agree with you is like (laughs) there's no way that tom thibodeau if you were to point out to him privately (laughs) that alfred payton is a bit of an issue on this team would be like what (laughs) (laughs) he's my starting point guard like he's great 
I have no issues with the way he's played this year. Like he's given me everything I want. You know what I mean? Like he knows it's a problem. Right. That's why he's, you know, made the adjustments he's made where Alfred Payton plays essentially 15 minutes a game now. Like yeah. every game he plays, starts the first quarter. He starts the third quarter. He leaves the game. <laughs> he never returns. <laughs> never. Unless something's gone terribly wrong. Right. So like, it's just sort of like, the solution isn't there. Like, you know, you can say, oh, well, hey, maybe you could start quickly. And, you know, you could. But, you know, quickly's has brings his own issues. And he's looked really good in the role that he has been in. And he's a rookie. And, like, does he want him to, you know, does he want to put a bet on him and be, make him in the starting lineup and, like, be the prime, you know, the point guard in the starting lineup on a team that has, you know, playoff aspirations? Like, well, maybe you could try Burks. And, like, I think there's some merit to that idea. But, like, are you going to do that right now with four games left in the regular season? Or, like, in game one of the Eastern Conference playoffs? Like, what would that do to everybody? You know, like, so, and then, you know, of course, the guy that people would love to have in this role is our good friend, Frank Natilakina. And I would love for Frank to take that spot. And in... I see what they see that like there is a universe in which Frank occupies this spot and he plays the defense that that Tibbs wants Alfred to play like he can guard one through four he can switch all this you know all this switching they want to do that Alfred because of his size like Frank would give you all that and he can maybe make a three-point shot and if he could just get in the paint occasionally but he can't right (laughs) he can't do it he can't do it and he hasn't for years he's never done it we all want him to do it we all wish he could do it he can't do it (laughs) he can't do it like of course we all want him to do it he can't do it (laughs) like yes that's this ideal frank who's hitting these threes and making this occasional playmaking and playing this awesome defense is the perfect guy to substitute for alfred payton and if he was able to do that we would put him in but when you put him in it doesn't like that's not what happens so like he, you know it's like yes that would be a perfect thing if that <laughs> i have just no doubt that if that was available they would be using it and that's the thing and that's precisely it if it was available we would be doing it i mean what about frank like just Frank's hallmark is defense. I mean, that is the thing that he definitely, you can't take away, does at an NBA level. So you would think, naturally, Tibbs would love him. That he would be his favorite guy on the team. If Tibbs is still opting to start Peyton over Frank, that is all any of us need to know. Right. I mean, it's just like, that's the problem. Is that, like, Frank has not stepped up and earned that job. So we have to play Alfred Peyton, who we all know is bad, and is the spot we need to upgrade. But, like, you know, you can't put Rose there because it's too many minutes for him, and you, I don't want to mess with anything Derrick Rose is doing. And I do think that when they put him in, they want him to just go and finish the game, and he's playing great. I'm not messing with it, you know? Like, yep. I'm not putting him in the starting lineup, even though, like, he's going to play the fourth quarter. Like, you know, I mean, because then it's like, what do you want to play Derrick Rose 45 minutes a game? I thought that's – we don't want to do that because – Right. Oh, runs God, guys into the ground God and, forbid. I know. Tibbs. Uh, all the minutes police will come out. 
right, he's going to get the guy killed and blah, blah, blah. And like, so it's like, I agree with all of you. Like, yes, Frank is the answer, except that he's not. Like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, like. <laughs> right. Frank Nilakita, the basketball player on Twitter. Right. That guy is the answer. Right. Frank Nilakita, the guy on MSG on my television set, <laughs> when I watch, that right. guy is, gives nothing. Right. Who <laughs> shoots air balls? Like, sometimes, <laughs> like a shot. You know, it's like. And that's the thing. It's like Frank. And I guess I look, I get where it's like the the, the counter to that would be that, like, we tolerate some of that with Alfred. Right. That, like, sometimes he puts up three pointers that are like, what the hell? Yeah. He's getting swatted. You know what I mean? I mean, some of his drives to the basket are like ridiculously hopeless, you know? Yeah, right. And so then you're like, okay, you know, maybe Frank, but I mean, I just, it's like, you're asking to do that right now. You know what I mean? Like with four games left in the season, you want to make that switch? Like, come on. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, Absolutely. But also, like, right. that, And that's the case. Like, I think we've kind of determined Frank stinks. Like, just he stinks. Okay? He's been on the team for, what, three, four years now? And, you know, he has been just the the, the prince that was promised the whole time, yeah. except he never fulfilled the promise. It's not Frank. I'm sorry, Nick's Twitter. Get over it. He's done. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, I'm not, I wouldn't give up on the guy like whole cloth, you know, like you want to tell me this summer or Frank has a great summer and we, next year, let's say we have a real training camp and we don't, we don't get Lonzo ball and we don't get Kyle Lowry or whatever, you know? And you want to tell me we come out and Frank looks great and he has a good preseason and you know what I mean? Like, like, okay. I, I, I believe in the talent of the guy, but like, you want him to do it like tonight? You know what I mean? Right. Like, in four games left or like in the first round? You know what I mean? Like, what did you see the other day? De- these like, and Frank has gotten a couple of big shots, like the big opportunities here, like against the Clippers, against the Nuggets, and he was mostly awful. You know, he and like against the Clippers, he didn't even play a great game defensively. So it's like. What can you do? <laughs> like, you know? well, and even if, as you kind of were alluding to earlier, if you had somebody who we definitely trusted as more capable, like, say, Burks, to fill in for Peyton instead, it's still the same thing that you're talking about, which is basically, like, basketball is very dependent upon chemistry and knowing what each other is going to do. And that, right, like, you're, four games left, it doesn't even matter if the player is good like Burks as opposed to Frank. It's still a big gamble. Yeah. When I mean, I would say Peyton's also biggest strength so far is that he has been in the starting lineup all year, and that's also what I don't get is that we have gotten this far with him. Like, you know, I get it. He's staying. Like, I am not. Again, I'm not a fan of his. <laughs> like, but he's been the starter for the entire season, and we're the four seed. So it's not like we can't play well with him or we can't win with him. We have been. Yeah, I guess it's just like, I mean, let's say we're playing. Let's say it's game one. We're playing Miami. And we're down 12 nothing, 12 to 2, 14 to 2, you know, like, and he's a big part of that. And then it's game two. And now the same thing happens, you know, and then we claw, let's say we claw back in. And then the third quarter comes. And now we're, again, we go down seven. 
because you know I don't think Tibbs is gonna like let that happen. Like I think he'll make the the switches, but. I guess in fairness to people, it's like this glaring weakness that we all are aware of that we've been watching all year and it's still here. And like you kind of figure, I think we all did figure that at, we would arrive at this stage if we were this good and this would not be, you know what I mean? Like I, I'm a little surprised that here we are. And, it, and again, I agree that like, I don't know what the answer is. Like all the answer potential answers seem like they open up more potential problems that I, I get where Tibbs is coming. Like I trust him. I think he's probably making the right call that like, it's not worth it. You know, like this is working. I know how to manage this. That's what I'm going to do. But at the end of the day, it's like, here we are. It's freaking may we're, we're this good team. And we're still like, Oh no, I hope these. 15 Alfred Payton minutes don't put us in such a hole that like we can't crawl out of it, you know? But, and I, I understand everything that you're saying. And I think ultimately too, as you said, the point is that there really is no solution because yeah. it's just like everything else works so good. Our bench is terrifying for other teams. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. And I also do think like, I, I guess I don't understand why elf takes so much of the blame because he stinks. Like, I don't think he's out there single-handedly getting us down. I mean, like, I hate to put too much on Randall. I'm certainly not blaming Randall. But Randall comes out and hits a couple early threes. That gives Elf a lot more breathing room to not be awesome. And, I, you know, I get that that's not a... But we're going to need Randall to hit some early threes if we're going to win a playoff series anyway. So that's almost like... And I even think with the Clipper game, like, Randall did not get off to a good start. And when Randall's not playing well, that's really when Elf is exposed. Because, like, but if Randall's not playing well, the team's not playing well. And I think that's a much bigger problem than anything Elf is doing. I, I guess it's, it's like when you look at, like, Elfred's on-off splits and things like that, you know, like, he's, you know, he just seems to have such a negative impact on, like, like the performance of those lineups, you know what I mean? Like we have like a negative net rating when Alfred is with Julius Randle and RJ Barrett. And if you put, if you replace him with like almost anybody else, it goes positive. You go and it's Derek Rose. It's like off the charts. We'd be like the best team in the league, you know, like when it's quickly, it's, it's, it's plus when it's Alfred, it's a negative, you know? So he's like the only guy that when you put him with those two guys, it seems to have this negative impact. So I think that's why people are like pointing him out as like the problem. Um, but I mean, I, what I, where I agree is like, it's not like, again, it's not like the Knicks aren't aware of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who are they most linked to? Like Lonzo ball at the, right. at the deadline. Like who did they trade for? Derek Rose. Um, what, what is the biggest change they've made to the way they play? Like Alfred sits the, <laughs> the whole second quarter and fourth quarter. Yeah. So it's not like they're just like, what, what are you talking about? It's just the options that the fans want them to choose, they feel, or T Tom Thibodeau feels, create more problems than they solve. And at this point, I'm just inclined to take his word for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to. It's like, right, we're the, we're the fourth best team in the Eastern Conference. So with Alfred Payton having started virtually every game this season, and, right, the same Knicks fans that want 
elf not playing, you have to explain that the change that you want, but all the way through. Like, so not just a name, like quickly. Okay, but then that opens up a spot with the bench group. I guess you put Burks in there, but that that's been working. Right, but who plays the three then if you right. put Burks? You know, like right. that. Yeah, that that bench unit has been really thriving together. Like, do I want to break them up? I don't know. Um, you know, you, there's certainly things you could do, right? Like, you've, you've been staggering RJ and uh, and Randall, Randall a little bit, and so that's been really put, awesome. You could put RJ, right? You could put, you could make it Rose Burks. But, you know, it, it, it which should be a, that's a dramatic change, right? Yes. Like, it's a real difference. Yes. So like, is that something I want to do with four games left in the season when I'm playing my most critical games? Probably not, you know? Like, um, and again, like, you can scream all you want about Frank. Like, I just think the idea that Frank has earned that is just ridiculous. Like, he just hasn't, you know? Like, preposterous. I see what you, what people are saying. Like, I get. I see the ideal version that just hasn't existed in the real world. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show. I know we've talked about it privately, but I think Frank and less now, thankfully Knox have benefited in terms of their reputation from not playing because now everybody just thinks they're this, this hidden secret treasure that Tibbs is buried somewhere. For what motivation he would have, I have no idea. But Tibbs is hiding our two best players on the bench and refuses to play them. And if only he would play them, we would see the all-NBA talent that is just dormant and waiting. Like, yeah, false! I mean, it would be fascinating to see a game. Like, I just do think if, if, if Frank had played the Peyton role for this last two weeks or whatever... Um, and he played those 15 minutes in the same way. It would that would be one of the more fascinating things to like the what if of that is really interesting. But I suspect that fans would be really not thrilled with Frank, and he would be the guy taking a lot of the bullets. And people would be like, "Why can't he hit a shot? You know, why can't he just make a drive? <laughs> you know, I don't feel like it would be. You'd see those lineups thriving and this issue would be solved. I really don't. I I agree with you. The only point I disagree with is I think that 15 games is too small a sample size because Frank fans are so whipped up into a frenzy at this point that like 15 games is a short enough time span where like, again, if Frank, even if Frank was a little bit worse than Peyton, all the Frank fans would be out. Yeah. But did you see the way that he navigated this situation. Like, you could tell that he was operating, you know, like, they'd be just inventing stuff that Frank did well. But if it was, like, over the course of a couple months, then I I agree with you. But I think 15 games is really when the Frank fans would be like, no, you just don't see, you don't see all the things he's doing out there. You don't know. Right, right. I don't know, you know, I don't know. I mean, look, it would be interesting. I I would, I can't deny that I myself would be curious to see that. (laughs) Um. But I like can't sit here and tell you that he has earned the right to to do that. You know what I mean? Or that I or that I can question the coach for not doing it. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. And why would we question Tibbs? Look, he's even been, I suppose, right about Obi. Yeah. No. Sure. Sure. I mean, Obi. 
seems like Tibbs has turned out to be like the perfect coach for Obi. Like he's playing awesome, right? I mean, he's like even adapted to this role. Like he's hitting those three-point shots now and he's making a lot of plays. Like he's rebounding well. He's such a better defender. Like you could just tell he's like learned so much, you know? Yeah. Um, He's all over the boards. Like I love, I mean, I've been so impressed with Obi the last couple of weeks. I've like, you know, the other day I was a little upset when he took out he took out Obi and he put uh, Noel back in, and I was like thinking, yes. hey, like leave Randall and Obi in there for a few minutes and see what that looked like. And and uh, you know, I mean, and again, I, not to the point that I'm going to criticize him, but I like wanted to see Obi keep playing and see Randall at the five with Obi next to him and see what that would look like. Um, because he's been great. Yeah, he's been so, and it's so rewarding. Actually, it's just like yeah. I feel like Tibbs must feel as like a coach seeing Obi and being like, "You did it, you yeah. did it, right?" Like you were horrendous. <laughs> right, he was so bad. He was comically terrible. Oh God, there were some times where it was just a nightmare. Right, it was like get him off the floor. Yeah, right. You're embarrassing all of us. <laughs> right, I hate your name. I hate everything about you. <laughs> but here he is, and we got him. I mean, I'm ready for Obi to be like a factor. Yeah, down the stretch here, and in the in a playoff series, like who know? I mean, you know, look, he'll probably play, play him even less in, in a playoff series. But I could see him having a couple big moments. You know, like hitting a three, big dunk. Um, I like him. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I like watching him. Well, I respect him, and maybe this is like a good way to kind of come full circle and put a bow on it. But like, I, I respect him for the same reason I guess I respect Elf. Like, how much does it suck to be Elfried Payton? Like, all you know, you're just there to eat minutes and try not to be a disaster. That's your role as a basketball player, and yeah. that must suck. And he does it and he doesn't seem to create an issue with it or whatever and same with obi like good god that must have been humiliating to be playing that bad like he really did look like the last kid on the bench in a high school game that just got thrown out there he looked so bad that must have been humiliating but here he is thriving there was a moment you were like is he the worst player in the league like (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. I mean, I guess the one thing I'll say to Alfred Payton's credit is, yeah, he's been he's suffered in silence. Like he has not said a word, um, and he could have, you know, he could have made this very uncomfortable for everybody, and he hasn't. He's accepted it, and <laughs> yeah, it can't be easy. It's just like, all right, you're the starter, but you're not in any meaningful sense of the word. <laughs> and, yeah, you're there to just like give this guy a rest. Um. And your role is only going to diminish more, and everybody dislikes you. And <laughs> right, he hates you. People hate you. Getting rid of you is like the most critical thing the team can do to improve, and everyone knows it. And you know, no, know. it's like uh, it's like in Ted Lasso when uh, he meets uh, what's the the young the younger girl's name who goes out with Jamie Tart and then Roy Kent. Oh, I forget, but yeah, I know you're yeah. talking about. At any rate, her. And, and you yeah. know, so she's like, don't go on Twitter. And if you do, don't search for wanker or like, <laughs> you know, just like anything. 
But like, here's what you shouldn't do. Like, that's what probably Elf needs to be told like daily. Yeah. Like, no social media. Yeah. Yeah. It's not for you. No need. <laughs> You know, I won't go so far as to say that he has, like, elevated his game in response to yeah. the criticism. Because it's really sort of gotten worse, I think, as the season's gone along. But, you know, he hasn't caused any issues. And that is to his credit. Yeah. Yeah. So they go into tonight. No LeBron. And what's the magic number now? I think we need two wins to guarantee we won't be in the play-in. Have we clinched a playoff spot? No. Um, well, not a non-play-in spot. Um, we, uh, but it's one, one win and one Celtics loss, and we clinch a, a six seed. A six seed or better. Yeah. I mean, the real thing that's interesting is who do we want to play? I mean, I know the answer is we want the 4-5 with Atlanta, right? Yeah. In any in any scenario we want to avoid miami yes send miami to milwaukee and let them deal with that <laughs> yeah right let them duke it out that said a miami knicks first round series would be super fun it would be it would be and i we you know we we talked about this it's appropriate that my voice just cracked there because i feel i feel like a little boy i feel like scared i'm scared i'm scared of miami i'll admit right. it i want to want the thing that you want but I don't, I'm scared and I don't right. want it. Well, it's like, my feeling is like, we're, we're going down at some point anyway. Right. And so best case scenario is, Hey, we beat the Hawks in the first round and then we get Brooklyn in the second and we lose that series. And hopefully we could put a little scare into them and that would be super fun. And that would be like a nice run that would, that we'd be in the playoffs for like some time, you know, Miami, it's like, you know, we could go down in like five, you know, and then it's like this whole season could be like, you know, we'll yeah, kick to the curb quickly, <laughs> right? And that would be so devastating. I will say, and and this feels like a like you know, I'm I'm backpedaling or, or I'm trying to hedge. So it's already it's it's fine. It's recorded. It's going out on radio. Oh, I should do an ad read. Uh, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent listener supported radio. So it's out there on radio now. It's on record. <laughs> it's on record that I am scared of Miami. I just said it. I admitted it. There we go. With that said, maybe I would feel differently if I knew it was going to be a packed garden. Yeah, right. Because a packed garden for Miami Knicks first round, that's a different beast. I would, man, I would love to beat Miami. To send Jimmy Butler home in the first (laughs) goddamn round, man. That freaking guy. Um who I get why lots of people like him and I, he's cool. I totally get his whole attitude is very, uh, is infectious, but I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, more, it's really not even about him. It's just more of this like cult of sociopathic competitiveness that the NBA, that Michael Jordan started and Kobe Bryant led the charge. And now Jimmy Butler has seemingly taken up this mantle, even though he's, I think he's is more, um lighthearted like i think people like him yeah in a way they didn't kobe or michael jordan um but i still this i'm the most competitive person in the history of mankind and anyone who's not as competitive as me is worthless garbage thing is just <laughs> i just don't like it so to send jimmy home would be so sweet with our ragtag group 
um would be really nice it would be well and it's it's look we can never forget it's the heat it's pat riley you know yeah. even if even if you're in the jimmy butler cult which i'm i'm i got a foot in the jimmy butler cult not the competitiveness part of it more the confrontational side but yeah but either way i like jimmy butler but right pat riley the heat the whole deal like you know going back to the 90s certainly but also the lebron fiasco of the you know the, the early aughts or whatever who likes miami I would love to beat Miami, but I would also, if it was a pack garden and you knew that like just that rivalry would kind of reignite with the full garden and the full weight of the New York fan base, like spewing at Miami, but in a, you know, 2000, 5,000 person garden, Atlanta feels like the right temperature for this right, meal. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You then again, like losing to Atlanta, right? I mean, that would be horrible. That well, would put a damper on the whole season. That's true. And actually, I but I got really angry this morning. It's funny. I haven't listened to Bill Simmons in, in a while, but uh, I wanted to hear the playoff thoughts. I thought they might talk Nick, Simmons, Rosillo. And he was like so infuriatingly dismissive. First of all, I've really loved how much national coverage the Knicks are now starting to get. Like, oh it's so much fun now. Like, I used to... I used to, ESPN was essentially worthless to me for basketball for like years now because it's just, what am I reading ESPN for the Knicks for? The Knicks aren't doing yeah, anything yeah. like on that level. And now all of a sudden you're, I'm getting all these push alerts to my phone like this article about RJ Barrett and whatever. But so I, I was like kind of, and it just, he's so dismissive of the Knicks. He's just like, well, I'm sorry, Knicks fans, but they're not beating Atlanta in the first round. Atlanta's just too much firepower, too much firepower. Sorry, Knicks fans. Great run. Sorry. Oh my god! Like, and yeah, that's we've beaten Atlanta three times already. Yes. <laughs> like we're and better convincingly. Like I've I've like felt like confident that we're better than Atlanta. And like not long ago, or I mean, uh, earlier in that same segment, he was saying how if you take the first twenty games out of the season and you only go from post the first twenty games forward. And then he listed the teams with the best record. We had the fifth best record in the NBA if you get rid of the of the first 20 games. Right. We're awesome. Right. So it's not even like, right, which is uh, you're doing that to be to get Atlanta up because they played so well after they fired the coach. But, like, by that same measure, we've been really good, too. <laughs> Better than them, as a matter of fact. Right. You know? Right. We're good. We're awesome. We're going to beat LA. I mean, I will say that losing to – like the only thing that could happen to this season that would make it a bummer would be losing to Atlanta in the first round. Yeah. Any other outcome and the season, and even look, we lose Atlanta. It doesn't take away right, from certainly. this season, but the only thing that could put a, you know, a down note on it where you would go, well, ugh, that would make it suddenly disappointing would be losing to Atlanta. on The first we lose to Miami. Hey, you know, no shame in that. Lose to the Nets in the second round, no shame in that. Getting beat by that Hawks team in the first round would be, no. That would stink. That, that would stink. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, th there's going to be stakes either way at this point. Like, yeah, you know, good. you can't get right. You can't, like, leave unscathed. And right, like, it would be funny because it would, it would, it would, you know, it would hurt so good. Like, it would hurt. 
because then we would have to deal with like, oh man, was the Knicks season a fluke? And like, that's the thing. I guess that's why I'm okay with those stakes either way, because I know from having watched all but one Knicks game this entire season that this is not a fluke. This was not luck. This wasn't the schedule. This isn't whatever nonsense people were on about like, oh, the the missed open threes percentage for them is much higher than any other team, and it's a statistical anomaly, so they're not as good as they seem. Or whatever that no- nonsense is, false. Yeah, We're yeah. good. Yeah, that's true. Right. We're poised to be good for a while. Everything's um, – yeah, no, we're good. I can't believe we're good. I can't believe it. We just we just woke up one day and we were good. I know. I know. It's uh, it's unbelievable. And we've got set up. I mean, it's like the out the things that could happen here in the next. You know, I mean, we've got four games left. Looking at a potential Miami series or like hosting Atlanta or you know, bouncing the set. We could like knock the Celtics back into the eighth spot or something. You know, it's all right in front of us. Um. So tonight we play the Lakers, the Heat play the Celtics. I guess we're rooting for the Celtics. Is that is that what we're doing? Matt yes. gave us a, a helpful explainer, I think. If we want if the goal is Atlanta, then we want Celtics to beat the Heat. Okay. So so we want the Celtics to win tonight. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, and luckily we'll know going into the game i would like man that heat the first round heat that would be fun man <laughs> we, we could beat those bastards they're just so good they're just better than us though i think you know, uh, yeah the problem. they've beaten us twice this year or three times three, three times yeah yeah they were all close though but they've had our number yeah i mean they shoot they shoot i mean they're well they haven't been shooting as well i don't think recently but in the games against us they were shooting lights out yeah you know, I this is like I'll get it. I like the Jimmy. I'm like so torn on myself about Jimmy Butler. Like I like I do get it. I like the like the jawing, the whatever. Like he goes right at LeBron and like kind of puts LeBron on his heels and like that's so exciting to see a guy do that and like it's just so torn. I mean, it's because my own personality of like just this like this guy's soft and this guy's not and like I, like did you see him going at Towns the other day? Who is like yeah. a dork? Yeah, and there's something like. Right, it's kind of being a bully. There is something about Towns that is like you just like don't respect him. Right, yeah. But then you're like Towns. He's this guy who like his mother died. He lost seven freaking people. Yeah. During COVID, he's out there still playing great. He's playing every night, and this guy attacks him for no reason. (laughs) You know, like you left the team. Like I did nothing to you, and that's the good guy, and the other guy is the shitty guy. Or, you know, the person not worthy of our respect who's on the receiving end of this. Um, it's just this thing. And like Jimmy Butler, who like if Jimmy Butler is all about winning, as I've said, I think I said this before, but uh, Mr. W- I want to win. Why aren't you on the Sixers? Like, that's the team that you would be winning right now. But no, you actually wanted your little like power grab in Miami where you're the top dog and no one steps to you. And like, it's your team, you know, I I don't know. Like, so I'm just sick of these guys. Like I just, the whole like Kobe Bryant, that like now he's a good guy. Like, have you ever seen those videos of Kobe? Like, 
berating his teammates and you're like he was an asshole he was a terrible person like, absolutely a borderline sociopath one like committed a rather like brutal rape if if we're gonna be just put it bluntly what it was right so, like if you really read it it's brutal it's horrible the woman had like blood on her shirt he had blood on his shirt like it was a pretty brutal event yeah like you know <laughs> remember jeremy lynn telling a story that like at the trade deadline Kobe had been like nursing an injury, hadn't been with the team for like weeks, and it was like one of those garbage Laker teams that just stunk, that he just tortured. That people like to forget about too. That and he wasn't good anymore either. Right. And he's just like, I just want to come to see which one of you bums is like, you know, out of here tomorrow. And you're just like, this is a like, and that's what motivating? No, that's right. just being a ruthless asshole. Like that's not right. Or that's taking your stuff out on other people. Like, right. what, like whatever is, but that's that's you, Kobe. You're that's on that's you, not buddy. Being competitive, that's right? Being a dickhead. Like, yeah. that's not. There's a way to do that. Um, that isn't. It's just this cult. And and again, I don't think Jimmy Butler is on that side of the spectrum because like he does form real camaraderie with like certain teammates, and he he does seem to get people to like rally to him. Like, I think he has genuine leadership ability in a way that I don't think Kobe did, you know? Like, Correct, yeah. Um, and I think that's the I think that's the key, really, is, like, because it's funny. When I think of Jimmy Butler, I more think of him as, like, very confrontational. And even as you're describing, like, the way he goes at LeBron. Like, I don't think of it as a competitiveness thing because I don't – I'm like you. I don't buy into the cult of com- competition, of just, like, you know – that's the best and that's what makes you the best and all these guys that have their wired that way and like Kobe's hero turn I mean I get it it, it no right of course like it's tragic death like right. what are we gonna do like Tra- yeah, and I his daughter it. being in the mix is like right. just and crushing all counts seems like he was a wonderful father and right like, you know it's great right but, yeah but no not a good person not a good teammate like I do think like, I guess you can't say Jimmy Butler's a good teammate. He's not a good teammate to everybody. But to the people that right. he is a good teammate to, he, right. he's, like, a very good teammate, yeah, yeah. it seems. And I think that's what's kind of endearing about him. It's just sort of like – and we've all, you know, played with guys like this if if you've ever been involved in sports, even in, like, high school. I don't know if I should say a name, but I think you probably guess. But, like, somebody we went to high school with where it's like he was sort of fun to have around and in the mix – Unless, of course, you were his chosen target of the day. Right. And then it was like, oh, God. Like, I hate this guy. Right. Like, you know? But at the same time, too, playing with him or being on the team with him could be exhilarating because of both right. what he could do athletically and also sometimes just hilarious. Right, right. No, and, like, look, and I, I struggle in my life with, like, conflict and confrontation where I'm not a confrontational person and I back down from confrontation. And I remember I had a boss once who was saying, like, he was, like, kind of telling me that I had to sort of deliver bad news and that they, I was kind of like they weren't going to like it, you know, like, and he was like, that's okay. He was like, conflict is good sometimes. Like, sometimes we need to just get this. And he was right. You know, it is good sometimes. Sometimes it has to happen. And some people aren't okay with it. And like that causes all kinds of weirdness, you know, but yeah. it's not, that's not a right and wrong thing. Like different comfort levels with it. Isn't like one side of that divide is right. Um, so I do think I'm like a little bit of it, my own sensitivity to being like, I know Jimmy Butler would call me soft. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But just I guess what I'm saying is that all of that is playing into like why part of me just wants us to be the team that sends those assholes home. Well, and there you go. That's all you need to know about yourself because Jimmy Butler would call you. And yet between the two of us, you're right. the one. I want it. Who I wants want Jimmy right. Bring on Jimmy Butler. Let's yeah. Let's Jimmy Butler. Right. Right. Shall show you Jimmy Butler. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Shows how much you know about us. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. I should have been a coach, Scott. I could have, could, have, could have done it. I could get Carl Towns. I could get him. I could get him. You could reach him. I could get him some fight in that guy. Yeah. I Actually, <laughs> this is a good segue into a segment I don't think we planned, but I, you have discussed that you, you've mentioned before that you should have been a coach and that you feel that there is a certain type of athlete that you would really be able to reach. And one of the early – when you would posit this theory to me, one of your early potential uh, players was A-Rod. You, th- yeah. you used to believe that you could really reach A-Rod and you could help him navigate the Jeter drama <laughs> in arriving in New York. You were very confident in that way back when, in 2006 or whatever. Do you have any words of advice for A-Rod now as he deals <laughs> with J-Lo going back into the arms of Ben Affleck? No, I don't know. A-Rod, he's unhelpable at this point. <laughs> <laughs> How could you blow that situation? How could you get any whiff of, you know, fooling around, whatever he was supposedly doing with reality stars or, what? you know, how could you even have a hint of impropriety? Like, to go through what you'd gone through, come out on the other side as somehow weirdly beloved. And yes, weirdly. And huge job on ESPN and... You're dating J-Lo, and suddenly you're respected again. And almost like, wow, A-Rod is like, almost has beaten Jeter. Like, he's got the gorgeous, like, megastar wife, and he's on Shark Tank, and he's a legitimate businessman. And, like, how you ran that into the ground. Um, you know, I don't know. And I have it, some theories about A-Rod I don't want to get into on the show, but I'll, we'll, we'll talk about them offline. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, A-Rod got in the way by being A-Rod. That's how he did it. You know, just the same guy that could not be like the alpha on those Yankee teams is the guy that he is now. And there's just a discomfort in his in his body. Right. uh, Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, look, it's ever resolved. How old is A-Rod? Is he 50 or is he? No, maybe like 45, 45. So I guess he's not that much older than us, which seems weird. Or older. Maybe he's maybe he's past 45, but. But it's like, A-Rod, I don't know. I guess, whatever. These guys, they, they've lived different lives than us their whole life. But, like, A-Rod, you got Jay- You're an older guy now. You don't need to be, you know, with the floozies. Oh, come on. Settle hey, down. Tight, aren't you? Grow up, for God's sakes. Like, you got Jennifer Lopez, for good lord. I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, who knows what anybody's like right. in real life. Do right. you see um, John Mulaney getting divorced? Who's John Speaking Mulaney? Of celebrity, the comedian. No, no, no. John I know, Mulaney? I know, I know who he is. I know who he yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But who's he married to? I didn't know he's getting. Into... He's married to like this adorable artist, and it's like one of those weird celebrity couples that people were invested in <laughs> because they <laughs> seem delightful. Um, 
and he's one of those celebrities that feels like a regular person that you might know, but like you don't know. You don't know what he's really like. Right. He's you know who knows what he's like. You think you know these people, but we don't know any. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't really know you, Scott. I've known <laughs> you my whole life. Who knows what you're doing? I always freak my wife out with that, where I'm like, I, it's like, are there things you don't know about me? Yeah, of course. <laughs> There's things you'll die not knowing about me. Right. <laughs> my most intimate partner, I tell 99.9% of my darkest, most intimate secrets, but there's a 0.01% that's just for me. That's right. Taking to the grave. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you certainly can't know Alex Rodriguez or, you know, John well, Mulaney. Yeah. And this, this is a fun story for the listeners, but you and I were at a New Year's Eve party one year and it was a New Year's Eve party. It wasn't like untoward, but it was a New Year's Eve party. It was like, you know, uh, and we we're in our twenties and we were there. And so one of the girls at the party just goes, let's all tell each other something we've never told anyone, <laughs> which is terrible idea it's right. across the board. And, and you could tell everybody's faces was just like, no, you know, right. but I don't think anybody knew what to say. And then, you know, you, you jumped in and you said, well, I would say that Scott's in the room. And if there's something he doesn't know about me and I have to reveal, like, I'm not revealing that. That's right. just already, I decided <laughs> I'm never telling anyone that. Right. <laughs> and that's I got something the same that's feeling. for me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but also what an insane suggestion. Right. No. No. Also, like, who starts? You know, right. like, where, where... <laughs> who wants to set the bar? Right. So, do I start it low or do I set it high? I don't know. Right. Could I leave this room a party to a crime? That right. I, you know, like... <laughs> right. Right. Who knows what you freaks have been up to? Exactly. <laughs> right. It wasn't just I didn't want to share my stuff. I didn't want other people sharing theirs. I didn't want to know other right. people's. I didn't want anybody getting carried away one right. time. Right. Great. I killed a kid. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. Let's just. How about instead? (laughs) More secrets. Right. We watch some Seinfeld and smoke another joint. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Oh, God. Get the hell out of here. Oh, man. So, uh, how did we even get on this topic? Oh, the divorces. (laughs) The divorces. Well, I'm happy for Ben Affleck. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that guy, I feel bad for him. All the memes, all the sad Ben Affleck memes. Why? Oh, those memes. Why? Why don't you who like? Ben, who's rooting for Ben Affleck? I, I don't know. know. What's wrong with Ben Affleck? Why can't we root for Ben Affleck? What's right with Ben Affleck? He's, he's doing fine. <laughs> I don't know. There was something, one of the sad Ben Affleck internet memes was him like really struggling to pick up a lot of packages <laughs> and he had coffee and it was like spilling and his mask was all like off and he just <laughs> it's like a picture of him and i really felt like there could like if people if i was a person that people took pictures of in public that could easily sure. be a picture of me sure yeah something about that one really spoke to me well i'm just he's you know he, he's doing fine you don't have to worry about he's doing wonderful he just you know he 
fumbles through life from one great opportunity to the next a series of amazing romances and it's true any problems he has are of his own making and i wouldn't worry about ben affleck i don't know all right he's doing fine fair i think it's maybe a little much to say i was worried about ben no, affleck. i know but i'm just saying this is the latest great day and another green light for ben affleck <laughs> yeah it's in true. a lifetime full of them uh that's true all right that's fair uh all right nicks since that's pretty much been the show today <laughs> <laughs> Let's close the loop. <laughs> How do we put a bow on that? Um, right here, right now. What is the final? What's our seed? Who's our opponent? Give us your prediction. I think. I think we're gonna play Miami. You think it's gonna be Miami? You're willing it. Wow. So well, the- I just think that they're the best. I think they're going to catch everybody. Yeah, they are the best. I don't know. I guess I'm like a little nervous about us even dropping to that. Doesn't Atlanta have like a really easy schedule? Yes. Let me see Atlanta. Let's pull up Mike Francesa here and I'll I'll look it up live on the air. Nice. <laughs> Remember when Mike and princessa and, and chris would like look up something for like five minutes you know? <laughs> yeah it would just be silent they'd be like yeah, reading like, let me see uh let's see here uh somehow it was like weirdly you know and you're just enthralled by it too. yeah oh right gripping radio and yeah. then on yes you see mike chewing on his pen so you're like oh he's really reading yeah <laughs> so wa- atlanta has washington orlando houston I mean, I mean Washington's tough. They're they're on the rise, but yeah, but no Beal, so right. That looks like three wins. Yeah. I mean, look, if we can win tonight, I don't know. That's, you know, yeah. Well, we have us, Charlotte, and Boston. By the time we're recording next week, we'll know. That's true. We will know. The answer will be the answer. <laughs> the answer will be revealed to us. I don't have a strong, you know, I could see any of them, so I don't have a strong take, I guess, as a, as a cop-out answer. But I will say I'd be satisfied with any of them as long as we're, I would love to be four or five. Um, I'd love to avoid the sixth spot if we could. I wouldn't be shocked, though. Would you if we ended up in that sixth spot? No. Yeah, but I don't think it really has anything to do with us, honestly. I mean, it does Miami obviously. Does but... have Philadelphia and Milwaukee. Well, there you go. Yeah, I take Boston so, and Charlotte over Philadelphia and Milwaukee. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. So look, we could end up with you know, I mean, if we could be man, if we somehow arrived in a second round series against the Brooklyn Nets with juice, what a world we would be living in. It would be heaven. We'd be in <laughs> heaven. That would be paradise. That would be it. All right, that's it for the radio today, folks. Uh, Thanks for listening. RadioFreeBrooklyn.org.